and we are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and I'm joined by Seth Wintraub. How are you doing this week, Seth? I'm good. All right, let's do it. No sponsor this week. Uh, if you're interested in sponsoring the show, though, you can reach out to us. Uh, we have all the contact information on the website, and we'd be happy to consider uh, any option. Just letting you know, just like that. Um, but let's jump in, as usual, our quick format of uh, Tesla news. And then we have a few non-Tesla news to discuss. And later on at the end of the show, we're going to take your questions and, and topics that you want us to discuss. Uh, but let's jump in. And uh, sort of like the, the main news this week has been uh, the discussion around the opening up of the Tesla supercharger network to other automakers. So this this, this has been something that uh, has been talked about several times over the last few years. Uh, Tesla has always made it clear that they're open to it, but there's a bunch of conditions that needs to happen. Uh, I mean, other electric vehicles need to catch up in terms of charging speed in order to uh, match the, char- the, the supercharger network, which has undoubtedly happened at this point. Like even you could argue that Tesla is kind of falling behind to some degree uh, or with, with, in terms of like, the top charging speed, at least. Um, of course, that's not the only important factor, but uh, still... Then uh, also the sharing of the cost needed to happen. Like how do you share the cost with other automaker, with other AV owners? Of course, what helped Tesla a lot now is that that they started to implement this whole uh, charge. Used to be free, of course, superchargers. Now there's there's a fee, but but the fee is attached to a handshake between the charging station and the vehicle. So uh, it's more on the Tesla side that. That ha- that happens, so it's it's harder to implement with other automakers. But I mean, with the plug and charge protocols happening now and everything, there's there's definitely a way to make the same experience, uh, but for other vehicles, non-Tesla vehicles, and uh, and things have been starting to move lately. We we had Elon Musk talking about talking about other automakers low key. Uh, that's a quote using the supercharger network, uh, even though he never really elaborated on what that actually means. And uh, and then more recently, the um, uh, a German official said that they were directly in talk with Tesla to open up the network uh, there. And now the other news is coming directly for from Tesla, at least through to a Norwegian official. Uh, big thanks on this to um, our friend uh, Hilman Hunter, who uh, pointed us to, to the news directly from uh, Norway. It's from the Westland in Norway, which is the western part of uh, of the country. Uh, they have a, a council there, like a, a local government, that was in discussions directly with Tesla about uh, having access to incentive to deploy a new supercharger station and to get or to expand, actually, a supercharger station. And uh, they have incentive there for that, but one of the requirements uh, to get access to the incentive was that it was a, a fully public supercharger uh, charging station, meaning that n- not a single uh, manufacturer can have access to it, um, vehicles from a single manufacturer. So uh, the, um, the local government there confirmed that they talked to Tesla and Tesla told them that they planned to uh, open up the supercharger network uh, within uh, by September 2022. And that by, by Tesla confirming them that, uh, it was it was enough for them to actually give them access to the incentive, though with the uh, caveat that if turns that turns out to not be true, that doesn't happen, uh, they can take it back, <laughs> uh, which is uh, obviously very fair. But um, so that's that's basically the latest indication that Tesla is working toward that. And now, of course, you could argue, okay, Tesla is saying that to the Norwegian government there, 
and, uh, and and that's it. So they only committing to opening up those stations. But when when you combine that to the fact of what 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 we just reported about in Germany and uh, and Elon saying that other automakers are looking already doing it, uh, I, I think there's a there's a bigger deal here. And of course, we have also uh, we we just we mentioned it like briefly on the podcast before because. Um, we, we don't know what form it's going to take just yet, but we have a good source is a very, a very re- re- reliable source um, that has told us that, because uh, of course there's a lot of people also saying that this is an, an European uh, issue because Tesla has the CCS standard there. So it's a lot easier for them to open it up, uh, to open up the supercharger network uh, in Europe. But we have a good indication that this, this might end up being a global thing because, um, uh, again, the reliable source told us that Tesla is working on uh, a big update on the mobile app that's going to allow Tesla to onboard more customer into the app, even though they're not Tesla vehicle owners. And uh, one of those strategy to onboard people through the app is uh, going to be to to have access to the supercharger network, even though you're not a Tesla owner. So that was one of the things that he mentioned. It was still in early work, and now we, we understand that more now that we have a timeline for the Norwegian part with uh, September 2022. But um, our source told us that w- that was even linked to an adapter, which is the, the big news here that yeah. the, uh, like CCS to Tesla proprietary plug adapter that we've been talking about for years but just never happens. Uh, is uh, could be finally coming to North America, and that combined combined with the Tesla app update could result in opening up the entire supercharger network to non-Tesla EV owners. So and that's that's huge news and and kind of an massive. exclusive here on the podcast. But yeah, um, so what it would look like is you would buy an adapter from Tesla. You know, you have a uh, let's say you have a uh, Hyundai Ionic Five. You'd buy a, an adapter that would go into a supercharger in the U.S. and it would spit out uh, a CCS combo for the um, the Hyundai, and you would pay Tesla based on how much you used it. How would exactly. Tesla? How would Tesla know it would be from the app, or would it be from like would they know automatically, or how did that work? I mean, I, I would assume that everything is going to be handled th- through the app uh, and m- maybe like some kind of. Uh, uh, handshake with the adapter instead of with the car, right? Uh, so that your account is linked to the adapter, and then you can monitor all that through the through the Tesla app. And just you would have a Tesla account. Well, right now you can have a Tesla account without having a Tesla car, right? I, I don't know if you can link a credit card through it without having one, but I assume you can because you can then go buy on the Tesla website, like Tesla Shop and things like that. So if you can, if you do that, then everything is going to be handled through the app, and there's going to be a seamless experience, very much like just having your Tesla, uh, other than like you explained, having to also plug the adapter in. But and in other markets like in Europe, then it's exactly like uh, right, same, uh, same interface, the Tesla experience. Um, of course, now that has a lot of repercussion to to other side of the business too. And uh, I mean, I was kind of surprised when we posted that, that like the reaction from some people. Um, you, you can you could kind of see like some people's true colors here in terms of like being a, a Tesla fan, uh, so to speak. Because there's there's a lot of different kinds of, of of Tesla fans, and and 
just like there's any, any company really you can you can have fans of just the product itself they just i mean they, they like having the car they like having you know, ownership experience and they don't really care about the tesla as a, as, a, as a company as a business or elon musk or any of that and and then you have the the tesla tsla fans that are like are, are, are investors and they are vested interest in tesla being successful and that that skewed or their perception in a certain way uh then you have the tesla mission fans which i, I would assume that's the majority here uh, especially at electric uh because the, the mission is to accelerate electric vehicle uh, adoption uh, while the mission was expanded to renewable energy which of course we would agree with but uh, now the focus here is on is on the charging so it's on the vehicles but uh if you're a fan of tesla's mission to accelerate ev adoption you're clearly a fan of this move because this move basically makes for a better experience for for every electric vehicles out there not just not just tesla because the supercharger is undoubtedly the best global charging network out there it, it just is um now onboarding non-Tesla EV owners on it will for sure improve the experience of those owners. It would arguably decrease the experience for existing Tesla owners. And and now you, you, you saw a lot of people reacting badly to that news because of that. And I especially get it from people that live like in California and in, in places that are already a high population of Tesla vehicles where they're already experiencing bad wait times at superchargers. So this is obviously not good. But Again, this is this is a problem that Tesla already needs to address without onboarding new uh, new customers on the network. So you can't really blame that on on, on that move because that move hasn't happened yet, and it's already a problem. So Tesla needs to address that right away. Anyway, now it could accentuate the issue, which which is a problem in itself. But on the business side of things, this is more revenue for Tesla, revenue directly linked to the supercharger network. And the, as a company, Tesla has always been clear that their goal of the supercharger network wasn't to be a profit center, but is to, if the if the, 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 the stations are bringing in money, you, to use that money to expand it and, and improve the charging experience. So with that in mind, if there's more people using it, more money coming in, then there's going to be a bigger expansion of the network and more money to to fix those issues of of high traffic. Um, of course, it's a whole balancing hack to do, and uh, I don't know if Tesla is up to the task right now since they already have issue in some markets. But personally, I think it's a it's a net positive move for Tesla. What do you think? Yeah, um, it'll also help the brand. Like you know, if you're mm-hmm. riding around a Hyundai and you have to go to a Tesla charger every once in a while. A, you're going to see a bunch of Teslas there, and B, next time you think about driving a car, you might or buying a car, you might want to consider the one that has been charging your car for a while. Also, like you know, you you talked a little bit about um, you know, ha- like once everybody else is using Tesla's network, um, there'll be more money to to expand. I wonder if Tesla's like you know, look, we 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 know how to build charging stations way better than anybody else. We have the infrastructure. We can do it cheap, cheaper than anybody else, and we can do it better than anybody else. Let's just do it. Let's be like the 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 charge the you know the fast charging station for everybody, um, and you know let's make it a profit center. Um, so maybe that's the idea. I like. It certainly would seem to be a good idea to me. And you know, more entrance into the charging space, the better. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you touched a very good point here is you want the charging dollars to go to the company that's the most efficient in using those dollars to expand charging infrastructure. That, that That's the, the real goal here. Uh, and and right now, I mean, it's definitely agreeable. You, you can argue that, that Electrify America, Ionity, ChargePoint, UVGo, all those companies all competing in that space. They could be good. But in my point of view, uh, Tesla has been very good on that front. And the evidence of it is the supercharger network being the best experience so far. However, like it's it's not it's it's a kind of opaque to know exactly how much money they are spending on on those. So it's, you, there's a, definitely an argument to be made there. But so so far, I, I think Tesla is leading that way. So yeah, if they the more money bringing in, I think it's more expansion. And it's also why I don't I don't really care that they, I don't mind when I see them applying for subsidies like that. And actually, it links back to one of our later stories that we're going to discuss, which is the the new money being uh, unlocked for EV infrastructure in the U.S., which hopefully Tesla is going to be able to get access to, too, in order to uh, accelerate the expansion on that front. And those programs are all over the world, too. It's not just the U.S. Uh, actually, the U.S. is kind of catching up to, to that right now, uh, though that's on the federal level. There's been plenty of uh, incentive at uh, state and, and, and local level, but still. So really, it's the it's the developing story that we need to keep an eye on because I think I think it's going to be a, a big story uh, in the next year. It sounds like uh, September twenty twenty two is the deadline for at least a Norwegian thing that we heard. All right, earlier this week uh, we there was an interesting talk from Andre Carperty. It's Cap Party. Or, uh, keep Corp Party. Corp I thought it was Carpathy, but. I have yeah. no idea, to be honest. I, I always place the R at the wrong, the wrong place. Core party. Um, the, the head of AI at, at Tesla held um, a talk presentation during the 2021 conference on computer vision and pattern recognition. And, uh, I mean, we, we, a lot of things that he talked about, we, we've heard before. Uh, Tesla is basically uh, explaining Tesla's move to vision only versus other people betting on, on LiDAR and, and uh, HD maps and, and the sort. And he was explaining Tesla's approach, which we, we've discussed numerous times before. Uh, one of the more interesting part of the talk is that he, he unveiled uh, he unveiled Tesla's latest uh, supercomputer. It's not Dojo just yet; it's the predecessor to Dojo. It's like the third. Um, uh, it's, it's the latest iteration of Tesla's supercomputer to train uh, its mach- machine learning, its neural net system uh, for the computer vision. And uh, he actually uh, released an, two images of it right here so you can actually see it and uh, they are using the uh, a 180 gigabytes uh, uh, system from uh, from Nvidia uh, which has been a long-term partner of, uh, of Tesla when it comes to computing power and uh, we, we're, we're talking about some crazy specs here 720 nodes uh, eight 1.8 e flops which uh, I mean you can do the math here that they, they provide but apparently it, it's enough to make it the uh, fifth most powerful supercomputers in the world. So very interesting that Tesla is uh, is one of the companies with the most computing power in the world. And, and, it, and it, uh, it's in line with what uh, Elon has been stating, that Tesla is, uh, is becoming kind of a, an AI company, or at least um, he's uh, the... the, the they, they are one of the comp- a company that has the most like real world application of AI, uh, which is um, some a good selling point for them. 
But uh, he explained that uh, he gave a big shout out to Tesla's uh, supercomputing team that they have there that they developed this this computer and um, any kind of uh, hyped up the upcoming dojo was going to be even better supercomputer which Elon has uh, teased that could become the, the the most powerful supercomputer in the world. Oh, they removed the video. Why did oh. they do that? Wait, did they remove it or make it private? Uh, it's unavailable. If I want huh. one, you know, unless maybe they remove the embedded version of it. Yeah, they remove the embedded version of it. They're not letting you embed it, but you can just click click on it, and it's gonna it's gonna bring you to YouTube to watch it if you are so inclined to do so. But yeah, uh, speaking of that, the uh, Elon also went. So we we shared that, and then Elon ended up sharing the talk. And he did mention at the same time that he's going to hold an AI day, a Tesla AI day to show the progress. But uh, he he stated that the main purpose is going to be recruiting talent. So keep that in mind. But it's going to be similar to what Tesla did with the autonomy day a few years ago and then uh, battery day last year. But the focus here is going to be AI. Of course, I assume it's going to be similar to autonomy day, which because Tesla's main application of AI is, of course, to achieve autonomous driving, but uh, and also autonomy. They touched with good computing, uh, since uh, you know that's uh, yeah, that's when they unveiled the full self-driving computer. I think, right? Yes, I think so. Yeah. So it's going to be very similar because you talked about AI software and hardware is going to be discussed during that presentation. It's coming in about a month or so, so expect it uh, sometime next year, probably. And. Uh, uh, I like it's not, it's not even a joke at this point. <laughs> I literally expecting some point next year if it's the month or so. No, I'm exaggerating maybe a little bit, but I would be shocked if it happens next month. And um, uh, so even though the purpose is going to be recruiting, I, I mean, especially with the timing of this thing, if it, let's say let's say it happens next month or anytime between next month and in the, the end of the year, that's pretty much the period that the Elon has been guiding for a while now that Tesla is going to achieve full self-driving cap- capability. Uh, so people are going to be looking at way more than just like, oh, a cool recruiting event from the, from Elon, which he's supposed to already have held like last year at his house. You remember that? Yeah. And he was like, uh, we're going to have all the best AI minds there and try to do some recruiting. That sounded like a cool party. But now yeah. he doesn't even have a house. Uh, yeah, No, I, I think <laughs> that was uh, – he says that he's keeping his, uh, his Bay Area house where – Oh, yeah, the party event, house. Yeah, it's a party house. So so I think that was uh, that was there. But uh, but yeah, this this there's no word on where this is gonna no there's no word on where this is gonna be, but I think people are gonna be looking at way more than just like a recruiting event because of the timing of it with with Tesla talking about well Elon specifically talking about achieving full self driving capability they're gonna want to see a clear path to that at that event I would assume. And one thing that I've been pushing for has been. More, more like clearer communication, and I, I remember like that was a long time ago. It was back when the Tesla had a PR team there, but I was discussing that with Tesla's PR team. Like, what, what are you guys going to do to instill confidence in Tesla's road to to full self driving? And they were they were already discussing with me some plans to do like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna have like regular release of more information that leads us towards that, and that and that was already back when they had the. Autopilot safety reports, so so which is obviously kind of weak. Uh, so so they were talking about something more than that, and of course it never happened. The PR team was dissolved and everything. But I, I think we need something like that. And and with 
the DMV conversation that that we saw with between Tesla's uh, uh, autopilot team and and the DMV in California, uh, where Tesla itself brought forward the metric of one to two million miles between driver intervention as a good um, a good benchmark to 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 achieve full self driving with the FSD. Uh, package and, and, and the combination of autopilot with city driving and uh, and summon which is kind of the feature complete version of it if you have all that and no driver intervention between one and two million miles uh, it would be a good point to to achieve full self-driving and uh, why why not just have a tracker of that like a publicly available tracker updated on whatever basis like i mean live if possible that would be perfect but I understand if that's more difficult to achieve, but weekly, monthly, quarterly, at worst, uh, it, that would be awesome. That would be a, a clear way for people to track progress without being too intrusive into Tesla's data. Just pull all the vehicles that have full self-driving uh, package, and once the features are in use, give us the the miles between intervention if it's a hundred thousand start a hundred thousand and if it goes it moves to two hundred thousand and that's it and then we can see the road through a million and then two million or whatever we end up determining that it is going to be the the threshold to um remove the restriction basically because again that the way tesla is approaching full self-driving is basically the, the feature completing all the features are, in, are there but you still need to keep your hands on the wheel. You still need to be ready to take control. And that makes it not full self-driving by definition. But it, once you show that the system is re reliable, then you can just remove that restriction and it becomes full self-driving. That's like just a simple way of introducing it. But uh, de determining when it becomes re reliable enough is the, is the difficult part. Uh, and I, I would I would love to see a tracker like that. And I was surprised when I suggested the idea on Twitter. Just the the, the well, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised. Twitter is, is garbage, basically. But, but uh, the pushback from Tesla fan was shocking. Like, just no Tesla. Like, no transparency is is okay from Tesla. Just trust them in delivering full self driving, which uh, is kind of mind blowing, especially considering like Tesla already sold us the full self driving. Like, both you and I fell for it we bought the package and everything and uh and tesla has been years behind timelines that they've introduced before which i understand i mean what they are trying to do is an extremely difficult thing to do like bringing this technology to market is is a massive step in in transportation and the disturbing transportation of humanity so i'm not like i'm not like banging on tesla just whacking them for being a few, well, at this point, it's a few years late if you uh, stick to Elon Musk's first uh, target of 2018. But still, all I'm asking is some transparency and some clear roadmap to achieving that. And uh, I we, we don't see that so far. So is, is it too much to ask? Like, let, let me know in the comment section right now when you guys are <laughs> live. Like, What do you think of having just a single benchmark that we can track towards that that's all i'm asking for so speaking of that yeah. uh we're likely to do we're likely you know this is probably a post you have in the list but uh 
you know, Elon said two or three weeks before, and now we're at yeah. that point, and he's saying another week. Yeah, is, are are we close? Like, is it is it happening? Like, all right. Well, now you're asking the expert in reading between the lines with uh, or reading Elon's timelines here. I, I consider myself an expert in that. And when he's talking about next week, uh, you, you you can you can have some confidence in it. Like, if once it's two three weeks to a month, like. It, all the cards are in the air, like you, you, you don't, you don't know exactly what's, what, what could happen. But when he start talking about next week, it might not be next week, but it should be within it's the close. next two, two, three weeks. Yes, yes, I, I think so. So yeah, I, what are you referencing here? Is Elon's latest comment from from last night or, or this morning, where um, he said that he's driving the Alpha Nine right now, so the the FSD nine, uh, FSD version 9 but not the beta that's going to be released to the wider public but the alpha version and he said that they are fixing some obvious issues right now before releasing the beta hopefully next week so again he's using those those keywords are important hopefully but when he's talking about next week you should feel confident but that's another timeline that slipped because it was for sure happening before the end of june well before that was for sure happening last year and then for sure happening by may and then for sure happening by june right but now Next week, well, it could still be June next week, but it would be very tight. Right. Uh, but for me, it's like I've been telling myself it's never going to happen for so long mm-hmm. because I don't want to get excited about something that keeps getting further and further out. So, like, even though he's saying, like, it could be a week, like, mm-hmm. I'm still not able to, like, let myself believe. Yeah. yeah just, I mean, I'm excited for you. That, that's the thing. Like, I, I keep trying for me. I try to get to find ways to get excited because here in Canada, it's, it's like there's no there's no telling when, when it's going to be because once they do release it in the U.S., they still have work to do in Canada just to adapt right. for, for the different roads and different signs and different markings and everything. So I'm like, yeah, this, this is even like a, I, I keep my level of excitement as low as possible. But I'm, I'm more excited for like it looks like it's happening. You, you should get excited a little bit. Um, really? Yeah, I can I can let myself get excited about yeah. this. Yeah, no, right. now like if you if you can withstand a few maybe two weeks of two weeks within your excitements, you you, right. you can let yourself go a little bit. Well, that, uh, Elon did had he, he did had to that the the subscription model like the monthly subscription for the FSD package should come at the same time. He said it should uh, it, it should turn uh, turning on in the in the Tesla app. So so do you think people will buy a subscription just to try it? Oh, for sure. That's that. I feel like that's the whole strategy from Tesla, right. like to release the uh, version nine and beta at the same time as the the app. Because especially at the price that it is right now, like trying to convince people to to get it is a lot harder. So matching the release of a subscription model, which is still going to be expensive, but like you said, you can just try it out for a month, and then if you don't like it, you don't like it. But to to keep the retention rate as high as possible for the people trying it out. You want to release it when you have a lot more features involved and this the city driving is is obviously a, a big feature because you I mean it's a much closer to a full self-driving experience than anything we experienced before in the Tesla vehicle. So again, always be careful when we, we talk about that. Like we talk about full self-driving package. That's the name of the package that this sells you, but it's not full self-driving at all right now. You need to keep your hands on the steering wheel the whole time. Be ready to take control of all the time. It's not perfect. That's where there's a beta on it uh, and um, on in the name. So be extremely careful because especially if 
if uh, <laughs> it gets in the head of a lot of people that are not careful with it, it could actually set back the technology. If uh, and we and we know that the regulators are keeping a close eye, and the politicians are, are using it as a political, or uh, turning it in a political issue. And uh, what's the guy? Uh, There's a senator that's that's harping Tesla all the time about it. Like he's he's uh, he's all every time there's a Tesla accident, an accident that could be involving autopilot is always like bringing it on the floor, and he's like, "Hey, it's really? issue. yeah, forget I, the guy's I, name." But um, I'm sure he's a Republican. You know what? I'm not even sure he's a Republican. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So some people in the comments will, will figure it out. I forget his name. I'm not that tuned in into American politics, but I'm tuned in into American cars because Teslas are American cars, people. And now they are topping up the list of the most American-made cars out there. Like, what a segue that was. What a segue. Can I get like a clap for this? Like it's an incredible segue. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Though the the, the article is not popping up. Oh, no, it's popping up. So it's uh, cars.com that maintains the American made index where they try to use a bunch of different factors from the location of where it's being assembled to to the the, the parts where the parts are, are, are being sourced to um to to the the actual labor the source of the labor uh, which of course even though like your, your car can be assembled in the US if the there's a more um late some parts are coming some more labor intensive parts are coming from somewhere else that's not uh, America like that that affects the ranking but uh, anyway take the whole thing with a grain of salt because uh, like it's hard to source that information to start with. So there's ways to do it for sure. Then you can get pretty close idea, but take everything with a grain of salt. But for the first time, uh, Tesla is topping the list with the Model 3 uh, at number one. And uh, not only that, the Model Y is at number three, which makes uh, Tesla having two of the top three most American car out there based on that uh, index. Does was Model S and X even consider no, they're not in there. But again, Model S and X, they're still... Well, um, we don't know anymore exactly with the new version that's starting production. But the last version, the cells were still coming from Japan, which is a big... The battery cells coming from Japan is a oh, big right. part of the car. So that definitely affected the, the ranking. Model 3 Model Y, the cells are still coming. Um, well, for the Model 3 Model Y that are made in Fremont, of course. Like this, this is about... Um, Cars coming out of Fremont because, of course, the Model Three Model Y now is also being made in, in Shanghai, but that's that's not being delivered in the U.S. anyway. So, Model Three Model Y coming out of Fremont, the cells are coming out of Nevada, Gigafactory One, and uh, makes the first two electric cars to make the top ten list. Number two, you have the Ford Mustang, but I've the, of course that's not the Mackie because the Mackie is actually being assembled in Mexico, uh, not Mexico City, but somewhere in, in Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the uh, the regular gas powered Mustang that's been made in Michigan. Uh, Honda is uh, surprisingly has one, two, three, four vehicles on the top ten lists. Uh, they own the number six through nine, with a bunch of vehicles that are being made in Alabama, and uh, the Ridgeline, the Odyssey, the Pilot, and the Passport. And Toyota also has a car on the list at number ten with a Tundra being made in Texas. So. Interesting that uh, Tesla, well, Tesla, Ford, or the Jeep, the Jeep too. So there's three of the American automakers in the top list, but they have they have only half of the vehicle. Uh, almost, no, well, plus one. 
Uh, yeah, one, I mean, it's interesting. No, that... they have half. They have exactly half right. of the top 10 list is American. Well, they're all American-made, but I mean, the, the American-owned car companies. Right. American-based car companies versus um, Japanese, because Honda and Toyota have five of them. Interesting. And hopefully the move to electric uh, electrification actually helps with that if they do come through with the um, rebate that's uh, as a requirement of being uh, made in the U.S. to get the full rebate, that that would we already already starting to see some um, more investment in electric vehicle production in the U.S. because of that. Even with the well, the rumor of it is not really a rumor at this point. It's actually a bill being proposed, but for it to pass. Uh, the complex legislative system in the U.S. It's far from a done deal. All right, we just talked about the batteries too. A uh, bunch of talks about Panasonic this week, and they have a brand new CEO that's uh, that uh, took over this week, and uh, he, he's made some comment about the partnership with Tesla. So the man's name is Yuki Kasumi. Kus- Kasumi. Kasumi. Uh, and uh, he, uh, he he discussed the uh, the new plans, the new deal to to make the forty six eighty cells at Tesla design. Uh, they are currently setting up a prototype production line, which is we discussed before. But um, Kasumi said that he's excited about it, and uh, he the the company is now ready to make a large investment in the production of those cells if the production line proves uh, successful. So this is very good news. Tesla could uh, get some significant supply from that. If um, if the project is successful, and I mean it, it, it's a win for Tesla just that Panasonic is willing to build that prototype production line because it's um, I mean Tesla had to develop new technology with the tabless design of the cell and everything to make the bigger cell format, and uh, these are brand new battery cell manufacturing processes that Tesla had to develop. So to have a legit like long time battery cell manufacturer like Panasonic be willing to try it out is uh, is a big deal. And now they are even talking about large investment. And we know that to have significant battery cell production capacity, you need very large investments. Like we're talking nine zeros. Is that a billion? Billion is nine zeros, yeah? That's right. So. Nine one? Or oh, a comma. It's like but, seven comma. <laughs> so Panasonic made a lot of money here, right? Insane amount of money. Like, with uh, Tesla, with selling Tesla cells. Okay, no, no, you're right. already switching to the next news that yeah. we find out this morning, which is that Panasonic actually sold its stake in Tesla in March, but we're only learning about it right now. And uh, I mean, I'm fine with it if they use the money to increase the battery cell production. That that would be a good deal. But yeah, you just referenced the money that they made. It is quite significant because we learned that uh, uh, they bought their stake back in 2010. Um, about 1.4 million, 1.4 million uh, share at $21. So that's about $30 million investment in Tesla in 2010 that they sold for roughly $3.6 billion. That's crazy. Yeah. So Tesla is now trading at uh, over six, uh, $600, but that's post five to one split. Uh, so... So, so they, they basically invested at twenty one dollars and sold at like two thousand something dollars uh, over a ten year period. So this is a very successful investment to say the least. And uh, hopefully they use that to again to to increase the battery cell production because their automotive business, which relies mostly on on selling cells to 
electric vehicle manufacturer is becoming a bigger and bigger part of Fastlane's business, which the other part, the appliances and everything, not, not always going well. So I think, uh, I think the new CEO knows that and he's going to try to capitalize on the electric revolution. All right. We okay, already discussed the V9 beta. We've been jumping around a little bit this time. Uh, all right, uh, Ford. Let's discuss Ford. The uh, the EPA released this week the Mackey GT uh, and performance version of their EPA ratings, and uh, it's better than expected, right, Seth? Yeah. So it was actually suspiciously good because the regular uh, all-wheel drive Mackey that's been already you know, been, been sold already, gets 270 miles on a charge. So when the GT, which has, you know, sportier wheels, bigger motors, you know, a better package, gets the exact same range, you know, what's the deal? Like, did, did Ford get better with their uh, efficiency? Did they change their rating a little bit? Um, you know, we know that Tesla is a little bit optimistic on their EPA range. They use a coefficient of 0.8 versus 0.7 mm. that most automakers use on their, you know, best range. So uh, we wonder if Ford is now switching that as well. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, we're going to have to compare it between the two, like see what you get into in turn the real world with the GT version versus the real world drive version. And if, if you get closer to real world with the regular version than the GT, then they would point, like you said, to like them changing the multiplier, which um, I mean, it would, that would be very disappointing because like I, I more importantly than longer range, longer EP rating range is to have accurate, range displayed to, to the, the driver that's right. what feels range anxiety so like because most people you just you're not just like driving around like don't know where you're going you're just like let's just take a sunday drive and, and, and like that happens of course but it's not that common it's not how most people use their car you know where you're going you know the distance you can write in your gps and then you, you want the car to know that you can get you there and back or with within chargers so if you get like if the the if you like the suspicion here is that they could have changed that multiplier, then you would get more accurate range in the real wheel drive version than you would get in the GT, and uh, and, and that would be a problem with the GT, of course. But we we don't like there could be some improvement that we don't know about. Then they could be updating the, the real wheel drive range later. We don't know, but yeah, it is like you said, suspicious. Um, so they Ford had anticipated around two hundred fifty miles. For the uh, GT and I think yeah. 245 for the 35, 30, 35. Yeah. So that hitting 260 and 270 is pretty impressive there. Yeah. Big difference. I'm, I'm wondering if they have any surprises on the zero to 60 times coming up. Cause they, they seem yeah, to they, be... they've been hinting at that too. Like they, they've been hinting that they are uh, sandbagging us. Is that the term? Uh, maybe. Yeah, when you send back someone, like you hack, like oh, you're not you're not that strong, but actually, like you're better at it than you let on. Yeah, I mean, they they definitely did that with the uh, the truck, the F one hundred and fifty. Yeah, um, yeah. I wonder what the zero to sixty. But what? I like that. The orange. Yeah, yeah and also nice. like the GT also has a different uh, front hand, right? The yeah, the grill. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. You tempted? I mean, I like it a lot more than the, and I do like the design of the regular GT that I tested uh, last year, but this is another uh, regular GT. I mean, the regular Mackie. Yeah. Uh, but wow. I like that. Yeah. Actually, I didn't even see the, the this picture is a lot better too. Like, you know, it's pretty tempting. Like Ford's got a pretty good package here. They have the plug and charge, so that means the charging's really good. It charges mm-hmm. at one fifty, although um, the charging curve is it drops out of one fifty pretty quickly. But Ford has told us that uh, they're working on that and and future updates. But just the fact that they have plug and charge, nobody else really has that. You know, Porsche updated and has it, but Ford's ahead of the game there. Um, that they also hinted that the the Mach-E might get some of the ability that uh, the Ford F one fifty has of reverse charging, so that would be kind of cool. Um, yeah. Though we don't know if it's like a retrofit or if it's like a right. new generation of it. They weren't. They were purposely not clear about that. Right. And you know, this thing goes zero to sixty in a little over three seconds. Uh, it's oh yeah, it's no pretty uh, fast. It's no slouch. Right. All right, we have a few more news items to discuss, and then we're going to jump into the comments and the questions. So make sure that to write the, uh, your question in the comment section right now so we can get to them in just a few minutes. Um, Audi has the big announcement this week. Uh, they are basically accelerating their timeline for electric vehicles, which, uh, like we've been predicting over the last few years, you're going to see a lot of those. Like when, when they announced their like GM announcing their all-electric by 30, 30, 2035, like this like in a few years, you're going to see them announcing 2030 and so on and so on. I guess there's going to be a lot of uh, acceleration of those. But for for um, for Audi this week, the big two announcement was starting in 2026, Audi will only launch new all electric models on the global market. Like that that I don't care about. So because that that means that between now and 2026, they plans to launch new vehicle program that are gasoline powered, which I think is a dumb idea. I think I think we're past that already. I think if you have if you're working on a vehicle program that's not out there right now, uh, I think you're you. I think if you're working on a vehicle program that that is gasoline powered or diesel powered right now, or even plug-in, if you like, and it's it's not available for sale. It's not like a, just a new iteration of it. It's a brand new vehicle to launch. You're losing your time basically. Uh, you should make that all electric or nothing. Then the other piece of the news was Audi will phase out production of the last internal combustion engine by 2033. Uh, so that means that they will stop producing vehicles that are not electric by 2023. 2033. So by 2033, that means it could happen before. And I did like uh, the, the comments of the CEO here, um, Marcus. Uh, I'm having issues with his last name, though. Uh, um, Marcus Dusman. Dusman. Uh, he said that uh, the exact timing of the combustion engine discontinuation at Audi will ultimately be decided by the customers and legislation. I don't know much about uh, legislation that like, we can argue about, but I mean, obviously, it's going to be decided by the customers. Like, if, if the customers doesn't want to buy an internal combustion engine anymore, well, they, they're not going to produce things that customers don't want to buy. Um, now, the thing is, they think that that, that people are going to still want to buy them up until. 2033 that's where the timeline is is predicting and i think that's a gross miscalculation here i think it's gonna have been much sooner uh, but uh i mean audi uh, at least audi is is making it clear that they see what's coming they just they just don't cannot pinpoint the timeline very well right now uh 
which I understand really because like a lot of a lot of those people that are like trying to make those predictions, they, they, what do you call them? Like we met one uh, from, from Nissan at the at the event. Like, uh, product planning. They do product planning, so they right. try to they try to see trends and 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 plan the product release and and, and production capacity and dealer allocation and all those things based on those trends and if you're looking at ev trends right now that that, that that's where you see those prediction coming from maybe you're trying to to plot those trends and see when they're going to phase out the internal combustion engine uh, i think that's that's useless to to look at ev trends that are currently that, that we see currently just because of the availability of electric vehicles like compare how many ev models that you have right now the u.s market versus gasoline models it's it's night and day like it's a 10x factor of difference uh you need more availability of different models to to really see the potential of the demand for evs in in the u.s and uh because you, you see what happens in norway like every time there's a new model that, that's launching in norway like you, you see like a giant bump right in in um so you cannot see that in the u.s and in bigger markets but you could see a similar thing if you, instead of one new model, you put five new models at the same time, then 10 new models at the same time. And that's what's going to happen in the next two, three years. There's, there's hundreds of new models planned right now. So as a bunch of them launch at the same time, you're going to see giant optics. And, uh, and, and we're going to see that. I also see people like comparing it like to, to smartphones and, and things like that. And that's just, I mean, I, I get where they're coming from when they want to do that. But uh, the purchase of a vehicle is not the same as a purchase of like, personal consumer electronics is just it's not as big of a purchase you don't take into account the resale value and, and things like that so well to to a degree i guess like people look at the resale value of an iphone but uh, not to the degree of a, of a car uh, so, so you, you people put a lot more effort time research into the purchase of a vehicle than they do purchase of a new phone uh, so when you look at the transition between like flip phones to smartphones and 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 cell phones in general, it's it's not the same as, as an EV. Uh, once you realize that flip phone are dead, and but it's not just about your using a habit, your, your your electronic using habit and 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 functionality. It's also about like, can I afford that? Can I afford the cash? Like the ownership costs? Of the, like when you put all those factors in, it's it's not the same thing at all. But yeah, still, still a step in the right direction from Audi. And again, I think like in two years, they're going to have a similar event and then they're going <laughs> to update that. And now 30, it's going to be 30. 20, yeah, 2030, most likely. Yeah. And, and so on. All right. Uh, last piece of news is um, so the Biden administration have been having this, this big investment in electric vehicle infrastructure in the last. Uh, year and uh especially since the inauguration in January we've been we've been hearing about this big infrastructure bill that they were trying to pass and there was a lot of money supposed to be coming to electric vehicles in that infrastructure bill 174 billion but of course then it goes through the, all the legislative process and all the different senate committees and, and all that stuff and then the actual bill that's being proposed is a always a lot less generous than the original thing that the politicians talk about in this case now there's um it's not a done deal yet again but the, the there's a bipartisan group within the senate that's uh has uh, released a new framework that, that they apparently have agreed on and biden is apparently bike backing the that uh latest uh version of it and in it it includes 15 billion dollars for electric vehicle infrastructure 
Uh, that's 7.5 for uh, what they call ED infrastructure in that, in that little uh, like one sheet fact sheet there. And um, that, that I assume is for charging. They've been talking about this goal of deploying 500,000 charging station in the U.S., and and then you have another 7.5 billion for electric buses and transit. So that was a big thing with uh, that Biden has been talking about. They want to electrify all the uh, school buses and then the city buses and all all transit vehicles to go electric, which is a good goal to have. And 7.5 billion towards that is is significant. It's gonna uh, help bus manufacturers to accelerate their um, their production of electric vehicles. Now. When that framework came out and there was no discussion of an EV rebate that they've been talking about for a while, the Tesla Q and all those uh, Tesla shorts and everything, they jump on the news as like, boom, there's no reform of the uh, EV tax incentive. And that means that Tesla is going to die and it's over and it's gloom and doom and all that stuff. But uh, this the EV rebate was never really part of the infrastructure uh, bill. Uh, it, it was... It was confusing because they were talking about it at the same time and everything. But I mean, the EV tax credit is is a tax credit, so it's it's part of the tax laws, and it's it was always going to be introduced in a different bill to reform that. And I don't know now, now it's not necessarily a tax credit anymore. It's, it's going to be changed into a tax uh, a direct rebate. Uh, but anyway, it's it's still in play. It's just part of a different uh, bill. And it's actually part of a bunch of competing different bills that, that's been also confusing. But the latest one, the ones that seems the most likely to go forward, though it might change too, is the Clean Energy for America bill that we've been talking about uh, for the last few months. Is the one that changed the, from the 200,000 cap per manufacturers to a very ambitious 50% market share of electric vehicles in the U.S. for the, for the threshold. And uh, also changed the 7,500 uh, tax credit to... $10,000 if it's U.S. made and uh, $12,500 if it's U.S. made by union workers. Um, of course, that was the version of the bill that passed the Senate committee. Uh, and um, it, by the time that it goes for a vote on the Senate floor and then the House, it might change by then. Uh, so just like the infrastructure bill, which was much more generous at first, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see... Uh, Less than fifty percent for for the threshold to start the phase out, and then uh, probably less than twelve thousand five hundred, and, and so on for for those uh, for the actual value of the of the incentive. But still, we, I mean that, that that's a no brainer. Like you, we can discuss like the the threshold period and the sorry the phase out period and the amount, but something needs to happen because it, the, the current cap of two hundred thousand deliveries per per US the 200,000 US deliveries per manufacturer, it makes no sense. And it completely put the disadvantage on Tesla and on, on GM uh, for, for no good reason right. other than them being early. So so that has to change anyway. So there's going to be a reform. Now the, the, the shape of the reform still needs to be seen, but this is the latest news that we have on it. Yeah, I, I don't think either of us are going to pretend to know how Washington works, but um, <laughs> it, it's just weird that they didn't, have anything. I mean, we know like, you know, Polestar is moving to the U S um, obviously Volkswagen's building EVs here. Like there's definitely a motivation to do so. And in these big companies that they have lobbyists who are talking to politicians. So there's going to be something, we just don't know what it is. And, And you're right. Like it would make no sense at all if Tesla and GM and soon Ford are cut out of 
uh, incentives, whereas, you know, the Germans and Japanese and Koreans aren't. Mm. So something's going to happen. Definitely. All right. Should we jump into the questions? Yep. Uh, and good transition. Uh, Doomsday Clock says current infrastructure deal is disappointing for the U.S. EV market. Uh, you know, on a, on a whole, like it's a whole lot better than what we had, which was nothing. So, uh, you know, in the Trump years, so 15 billion is 15 billion more than we had. Um, so it and you can on, do a lot with that too. Like. Yeah. And, and EVs have been growing even, even in the, the Trump years when nobody, uh, there was no incentives at all. Uh, EVs were growing in the U S mostly Tesla's, but, um, now I think there'll be, you know, with, with this, a little bit of, you know, 50 billion is a lot, but whatever amount it, it's going to be an even faster growth period. Of course, the, the problem with that too is always like how that money is going to be spent. And, and there's always a concern with the government, like not spending it wisely because there's a lot, there's other way you can, especially the 7.5 billions towards charging stations. So how, how is this going to work exactly? It's just like subsidies for people like Tesla and Electrify America and, and ChargePoint and if you go to, to deploy new stations, but they own the station after that and then they can make money off of them. Uh, so that, that's that's very good for those companies, extremely good. But I mean, I know like, like now I'm going to sound like a socialist and it's a very bad word in the US, but here, like, here, in, in, especially in Quebec and the rest in Canada is doing two, two to different degrees. They have different companies there too. But the money that we spent right now on charging infrastructure is is extremely valuable money for for the government itself because of uh, the stations are a lot of stations are being deployed directly by uh, Hydro Quebec, which is our main uh, the government owned uh, electric utility that we have here, and so they make their own electricity that we pay a lot less than the rest of the North American market for, and also. We actually make money on on it. The government makes money on it, I should say. And now they're also building their own charging station, which they supply electricity for, and they charge a different price for it. So, like right now, basically, Hydro Quebec is gonna slowly become both the biggest electric utility in Quebec, but also the like replaced um, gas station, basically, as as we go electric. And this is a good so this is money that the government is spending, just like the seven point five billion that the US is spending, but it's staying within the government because we're building new starting station, but they are owned by the government and they keep the costs low for, for, for the drivers too. So it's a win win. I would love to see the US do that, but somehow I'm sure it's gonna be a contested idea since it's basically socialism. Yeah, we're not we're not down with socialism over here. <laughs> Even if that's exactly what we want, uh, the word. Just yeah, if the work. result basically is like the money stays within the government and you pay less to charge your car, like it's <laughs> it's 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 a win-win. But for some reason, like uh, because there's not middlemen taking their cut and things like that, it's not it's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of our healthcare system in a nutshell, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, Doomsday clock, or sorry, P says uh, no way. Uh, should open to cars that charge slower than any Tesla. So that's when we were talking about the uh, superchargers opening to other. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good point for sure. Yeah, maybe Tesla wants, uh, you know, the charger stops. I, I don't know, because like the Model Y that we have, our Model X and everything will slow down to like 50 kilowatts mm -hmm. at some point. So I, I don't know how you make that calculation. Yeah. Um, there could also be something where, uh, 
you know charge if, more for, for, for right to dis- and disincentivize people that like if you if you charge for slower you take because because the time at the station is, is money too so yeah so maybe the time at the station mm-hmm. is what they yeah. charge for yeah. or a component of it uh, Doomsday Clock, I'm invested in ChargePoint currently, hoping the infrastructure bill is fixed. Also in Meta Material with their mer- uh, okay. Stock a sp- SPAC deal, sounds yeah. like. Uh, Carpetti, yep. Uh, hoping to see some great things with Panasonic when they offload their shares of Tesla for R&D. I, I hope so too. We were talking about that mm-hmm. earlier. Uh, I'm a little bit afraid that it's just going to be you know used for share buy- buybacks or something stupid. Uh, but you know, man, what a great time to invest in batteries. It looks like there's a huge, uh, <laughs> like, uh, debate right now in the comments at the end that's related to climate change. I don't think this is the place to do that. Like, the format of, like, live comments, guys, it's not a great format to argue about that stuff. Uh, let's keep it to, like, questions and answers and stuff like that. Cause really not the best format for that. All right. Uh, so uh, we talked or we talked behind the scenes about Elon's tweeting with Jack on uh, Bitcoin. We, no, I didn't see that. Uh, there's some tweets. It's 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 mostly just uh, dad jokes. Um, <laughs> but it sounds like they're going to have a talk about how Bitcoin is not energy efficient or something. Well, that's good. Yep. Uh, it seems that the move to Vision will keep Teslas from running into public service vehicles. Do you think that's right? Well, that's been a big a big part of the uh, the reason. Like Elon's been talking about the radar basically um, polluting the information that they get from the Vision, uh, the Vision component of the system. So you you would think the contrary, right? You think like the radar like just detects there's just a solid object in front of the car and you can apply the brakes. But uh, the way that Caperty has been talking and, and Elon has been talking, like you, it's, it sounds like the radar was actually part of the problem and not part of the solution. So hopefully, hopefully that's what we see happening because, yes, I mean, it has been a problem. Tesla vehicles on the highway, if there's a stop car, they, uh, they tend to uh, ram into them. But, of course, that's not only Tesla's fault. That's the driver's fault because you should be watching and you should be applying the brake yourself. There's no excuse for that. <coughs> All right. Jonathan Root says Pentagon UFO report comes out today. Thoughts on alien EV tech? That's a <laughs> wasn't thinking about that, but I mean that 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 would be the monkey wrench of all monkey wrench, right? We've been killing ourselves trying to improve battery technology in order to move away from fossil fuels, and the aliens just land out and like, dude, you guys have been doing it all wrong. Just do this, and then boom, it's like a fusion new, reactor. Yeah, new completely renewable energy in it coming out of everywhere that would be that would be crazy oh yeah i've been following the ufo stuff i mean they're not it's not alien reports by the way it's ufos are not not even moved on to another term i think too but they are being very careful not to talk about the extraterrestrial stuff it's just unknown flying objects weird all right uh douglas pressed Question: Are there any indications that the Canadian federal government might bring in EV purchase incentives? Don't there isn't there already one? Yeah, there, there already are. They have a five thousand dollars. There's some restriction to it in terms of the price of the vehicles, but uh, there is five thousand dollars at the federal level. 
All right. Uh, Doomsday, there are too many restrictive regulations against factories for processing lithium batteries in the U.S., I believe. China already has over 90 on the path to build more. Well, well, there, there is legislation being proposed in the U.S. on that front, too. Uh, Biden has uh, made the new like minerals, um, critical minerals that are, are going to have a review of the, of the regulations around it. So we, we could see some improvement on that stuff. Uh, Jonathan Root says FSD is just as real as aliens possess it. So it is real. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Carl Triplett says software development is so difficult to determine a completion date. Perhaps breaking down FSD to features and releasing those on a schedule would be very positive. Maybe. I mean, that's pretty much what they've been doing, right? I mean, we 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 basically eating FSD as a little, little piecemeals with the... Uh, all those little features that came out over the years, but now like the city driving is the is the main course that we need to have. All right. So clarification: Does V9 beta equal download button? Apparently, it does. Yeah, that's what he's been saying for a while. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we. Well, I mean, I think I think it's gonna match the subscription model because you, if you subscribe to them, like it's it's like. If they're gonna let you download it, like you're not gonna start paying monthly fee, like that, that would be really the craziest part. Like we, I know it's already crazy. A lot of people spend thousands and thousands of dollars with without seeing the features for for years. But now, if you charge a monthly fee and you don't have the features, like they're not gonna have to let you download it. So, and if they do that, then they're gonna have to let people that paid outright for it download it. So, yeah, I think for sure it's gonna have to come with the download button. Yeah. Uh, but that is the politician. No, so no, it's not Brady. So, what about Markley and Blumenthal? Yeah, Markey, Markey. That's Markey, Senator Markey. Okay. Yeah. Um, is that that guy? He's a green dude, though, isn't he? Yeah, I think. I think he. Uh, he, he I feel he like is, those are both uh, Democrats. Yeah, he's Democrat. I think. Head Markey. And then. And, Markey there's and, a... and Markey. he is uh, Democratic Party. Yeah. And then uh, Senator Brady from Texas is a Republican, but he's from the uh, Congress. They're both yeah, I don't, I don't know about, about him commenting about the uh, autopilot crashes. Maybe with Texas, maybe with the Austin uh, accident from a few months ago. Right. Tesla is being scrutinized by Senate Democrats for autopilot misuse. Five se- uh, senators, Markley and Blumenthal, won a complete investigation into a recent fatal crash. Yeah, that's what I've been talking about. But not just a recent one. They've been every time something happened over the last few years. They always, uh, I think Mark even called for Tesla to just shut down Autopilot altogether, uh, which of course wasn't really well received. Brady, Markley, and Blumenthal are all in the pockets of fossil fuel dealerships and automakers. Well, uh, we're gonna have needs. We're gonna need some proof for that, Mister yeah. Gook Wapensy. But uh, if there all is right. proof, I wouldn't be shocked either. Here's a good comment. Nothing to do with EVs, but go abs. <laughs> I hope Fred made it to game three to see the overtime win in person. Yeah, uh, well, not game three. I mean, do you mean the last game? from? from I feel like every night? game went to overtime. Felt like. Yeah, there a lot of games that went to overtime, but last night went to overtime and they won. And no, I couldn't make it in person because it's like $4,000 a ticket. Because they they're letting in 100 people? Or yeah, they're only limiting it to 3,500 people in the, in the stand. Are they making fake uh, crowd noise? Or or those five. Oh, you don't, you don't. You probably don't need to. With three thousand five hundred people, it is it's still it's still get pretty loud. But 
It makes no sense because there's 30,000 people outside the, the Bell Centers that are all squished together. And uh, I could go there. I mean, I'm sure it's a nice ambience, but it's a suboptimal way to watch the game, though, watching them through like like sports bar windows uh, on the TVs there. <laughs> it's not ideal. Yeah, when there's a good game on and I'm at a bar, sometimes yeah. I'm like, man, I wish I could. I'm just going to go home and watch it on my TV. Yeah. <laughs> all these loud idiots. All right. Uh, seems like legacy automakers are finally getting it together. Do you think Tesla can continue to dominate over the next five years? That's a pretty big question. That's that's I, the I, question. Yeah, but I think it's not. It doesn't it doesn't matter because it's gonna like it's gonna all come down to how many EVs, how many compelling EVs you can you can produce, uh, which which also comes down to how much battery cell supply you can secure. So. In, Tesla is leading on in that way. Like so as long as their car don't become garbage, which I don't see happening anytime soon, uh, they, they're gonna sell everything they can uh, make. So it's it's all clo- it's all more about what you can produce. And um, w- if we keep an eye on that, Tesla looks like it's doing pretty well right now with like two massive factories in, in, in construction and uh, several efforts for new battery factories. So looking good. All right, Eric Williams, uh, this is a question that everybody wants to know. How many yeah. deliveries for Q2 do you expect for next week for Tesla? It's so hard to tell this quarter because we know there's been some significant production issues. Um, we know that there's going to not, not be a lot of Model S. And uh, China, there's also been production issues in China, but, but it looks like they, it picked up uh, recently. So it's super hard to tell. How I want I want to see them beat the hundred and eighty five thousand. Um, it would be nice to see them at two hundred thousand, but with the production issues, it's so hard to tell if it's that that's even possible. So yeah, between one hundred and eighty five and two hundred thousand, I would be super happy. Yeah, two hundred would be a pretty big. No, two hundred would be a big deal. All right, Douglas Prest. Sorry, I meant additional Canadian incentives on top of the current limited five thousand. Yeah, apply to the Model Y, for example. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like personally, like I think five thousand dollars is just fine. I do get your point, Douglas, about like the Model Y, which I think could should deserve uh, an incentive. But the the problem is is the Canadian prices are are so much higher because of the exchange rate. Uh, so it, it is it is a problem. You know what I would like to see? I would like, and, and I mean, I think a GM has been, uh, has been talking about doing it, but I want to see more local production of, of electric vehicle in Canada. That, that would be a big deal. Uh, I, and I want to see, I want to see the government getting involved in it and, and, and trying to convince companies to come here, even if it means subsidies, because it's, it's the, it's, it, it's the industry of the futures and in the future. And uh, even if we, we have to, to bite the bullet and some tax cuts for a while for those companies to, to bring them in here, I think it's going to pay off on the long term. Yeah. Just like uh, get some vaccine makers. Yeah. Vaccine production in Canada. Like it's the same. It's a great point. Like how better off we'd be right now in Canada if we had like significant vaccine production before the whole pandemic happened. Well, before the all electric revolution is over, like you, you, you're gonna want some local production, and we have some things happening. Like we have like Taiga, for example. It's the, the they're investing significantly, like a hundred million dollars, and but it's recreational vehicle electric vehicle production. It's not. It's a much smaller market than uh, some good uh, charging companies over there. Yeah, we have a lot of good charging. We have uh, Leon Electric too. That's uh, 
Mine electric that's not that electric buses but even them they are now they are going to the u.s too because they, that's where the money is to make them so 15 billion uh oh, Christian Tarragon, that's a former tesla employee and uh, uh go absolutely for montreal yeah and obviously a montreal fan yeah good good way Abs. to end it there a lot of people don't know Habs. Like they're like, "What are you talking about, Habs?" Because it's not the actual name of the of the of the team, which is Montreal Canadiens. But the Habs is, uh, if I remember correctly, for Habitants, and it used to be uh, the name of the team like way back. Or oh, really? Actually, yeah. Because so, it makes no sense when you don't know. Like go Habs. Like we've been saying that forever, but people don't know. So I always uh, when 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 non hockey fans ask me what you're doing, I'm just watching the Habs. They're like, oh, "What are you talking about? Like you're just watching your own Habs? Like you know, you know, doesn't <laughs> doesn't have a H in front of them? Like I'm like, what are you talking? Like I I just don't realize it. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. So thanks a lot, everyone, for watching. Thanks a lot for the comments uh, today. It was uh, really appreciated. We have uh, some good ones. And uh, if you uh, can, if you like the show, only if you liked it, give us a, a thumbs up on your on your app right now, whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, on Twitter. Uh, it, it helps the show a lot more than you think. You can give us a subscribe too; it's completely free, uh, and uh, it helps the show too. And you're gonna know um, when we go back live, which is normally always on Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern time. But you never know; sometimes we mix things up. Sometimes we have special shows in the middle of the week. Seth gets a test drive and a fancy new car and wants to talk about it, and he just decides to go live. It happens too, so stay tuned. Uh, all right, I'm gonna see you soon. Have a good one, guys.